Steps back, looks downfield, lets it go. He's got a receiver, Devin Smith. Oh! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode four of the Sports Talk Pod. I am here with our guest, Mark Scheig. Tyler and Corey are not joining me because they are not big hockey people. Mark is a Blue Jackets con- and Otto, Erie Otto's contributor for the Hockey Writers, and we are going to be discussing some Blue Jacket topics today, mainly the draft and the offseason. But since we have an opportunity with the schedule being dropped at 4 p.m. today. Um, I was going to ask Mark here if he has any takeaways on the schedule. Well, hey, Cody, nice to see you again. And yeah, um, obviously just came out at four, a little bit before four o'clock, like you said, but a couple things stood out to me. I, I always like to look for if they have a bunch of games t- um, together at home or on the road and in around Thanksgiving, they have... Um, a lot of home games. You, um, you look at, it goes Philadelphia at the Islanders and then Philadelphia, Montreal, Detroit, Florida, Montreal, and the Islanders. And those are all home games. So that's your six in a row. And then they alternate between home and road and then have another three at home. So in that stretch, pretty much from November 15th through December 11th, they play 11 of 14 at Nationwide Arena. So that's a huge opportunity for the Blue Jackets to get a good start to the season, find their footing, have the home confines, the, hopefully the cannon blasting for their sake. But then at the end of the year, if you take a look at it from pretty much the end of February on, they have very, very few home games or it's a lot, a lot of stuff on the road. They have their California trip. They play in Vegas. Yeah. So th- this stretch from the beginning of March They go, uh, let's do it this way, end of February, at Minnesota, at Buffalo, home to Seattle, then at Ottawa, at Pittsburgh, home to St. Louis, at San Jose, at Los Angeles, at Anaheim, at Vegas, at Washington, home to the Islanders, at Montreal, at Rangers, at Boston. That's a lot of travel at the end of the year. So that could be, if they're in a playoff race, they're going to have to win a lot of road games. Um, Outside of that, you look for when's Torts going to come back. So you look at Philadelphia, November 10th and November 15th. So you get them twice in the span of five days on a Thursday night and then on a Tuesday night in November. You can bet that's going to be a pretty emotional night when Torts makes his return, Mm -hmm. expecting a big tribute video. Yeah, um, then the... Games in Finland against Colorado um, are there in November, so that'll always stick out. Open the season on the road against Carolina, home opener against Tampa Bay. Um, now, outside of that, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting schedule. Obviously, a lot of different things that could happen, that can transpire over the year. But yeah, first impression, a lot of home early, a lot of road late. That's what stuck out to me. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and with the draft being tomorrow, I'm going to go ahead and jump into some draft stuff. 
Okay. So for the listeners who don't cl- closely follow the Blue Jackets, as of now, where are they as a team and where are their needs, their strengths, et cetera? Well, Cody, they're still, you know, in the process of a reset, right? So they started that last year. You know, they drafted Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, both um, now expected to be a huge part of the core moving forward. Corson Kuhlman's is still at the University of Wisconsin, but was a first-round pick. So now going into this year, they're in a similar boat where they have two first round picks at six and at 12 where last year it was five and 12. So it's also a little bit different this year because they were focused on getting players for the future last year. So the chances of trading those picks weren't as good this year, I would expect them to pick six for sure. If they can find a young player with term and under team control, they might try and dangle the 12th overall pick. But no, that's really not guaranteed. Jarmo Kekalayan said that there's some things kind of going on, at least some discussions, and it could lead to possibly making the 12th pick either available or they might look to trade down um, in terms of what they need. The biggest need for me, if we're, if we're looking specifically, would be, I guess, what we'll call the Seth Jones replacement, a big anchor right shot defenseman who could be that anchor for the next decade. There's a couple guys that I think the Blue Jackets would be very interested in, and Simon Nemich and David Juracek. I just get the feeling that they're both going to be gone before the Blue Jackets pick six. But if one of them are there, I think that's an easy target for them. And of course, the other big thing too is center. So although the Blue Jackets have, you know, some good center depth on the team now, Jack Roslevic's taken the next step. Of course, Boone Jenner's expected to be back from injury. Um, Cole Sillinger is in the mix. Um, maybe Kent Johnson. I know they've looked at him possibly as a center later on down the line, but they have some guys there, but you, you wonder if they're going to use one of the picks for a center. I don't know if they'll look at maybe like a Connor Geeky, a big six, four center at the number 12 pick, maybe his teammate, Matthew Savoy, who's a different player, not as big, but very offensively gifted kind of like Kent Johnson is. So those are the two biggest needs would be a defender and somebody at center, they have a glut of wingers right now, and you can maybe expect a trade or two there, but that's what you can expect at the draft here. They got the two picks. I expect them to probably make both picks, but they might make one of them available if the right sort of trade is available. So you're thinking it's unlikely that we see any trades um, with the, at the caliber of the Seth Jones trade that we saw. Uh, on uh, I know that season. there's talk about Chikrin and... I, I don't think they're going to go there. I think that price is still way too high. Um, certainly one phone call can change everything. And the op- if the opportunity is there, they could do that. I just don't get the sense right now. I, I personally think that the Blue Jackets will pick 6 and 12. And as um, Yormo touched on earlier during, an, uh, during a press conference, that the way they draft is very simple. They have a list of the guys they want in order, and if they're there, they take them. If not, yeah. they move on to the next on the list. Exactly right. It's how they make their list. They say puts about 100 guys on the list and literally just cross them out if a guy gets picked, and that's just, that's the way they do business. So you've already kind of touched on some of the draft prospects the Blue Jackets are looking at. Realistically, yep. who do you think is most likely to be drafted at 6th and 12th? I think that the two defensemen, Nemec and Juracek, are going to be gone. Yeah, they're going to be very popular. There's talk that one of them could even go second to the Devils, depending on what Montreal does with the first pick. So if I had to pick somebody that wasn't one of the two D, 
the guy I'm certainly watching for is Cutter Gauthier, who, who can play wing, who can play center, but he's also got NHL size. He's got pretty good speed and he can also score goals. So that's the one guy that I think that the Blue Jackets would take a real good hard look at with the sixth pick. The guy that realistically, if I had, if I wanted them to get somebody that would be like a real true difference maker, it's David Juracek. He's everything I read about him. He's got NHL size, can play the point. He's got Seth Jones replacement, great two-way defender. I think he gets the nod over Nemich for me because he plays a better two-way game, even though Nemich is a little higher offensively minded. But getting one of those two guys, I think, would be most ideal for them. Last year, they picked Johnson and um, Cole Sillinger with the first two, both. You, know, you can argue that they're centers, depending on what Johnson ends up being. You just kind of wonder if they're looking for a top-end defender. And if one of those two guys are there, I think that's where they go. But I just, again, I, I don't see them getting past Seattle and Philadelphia because they're, they're really highly sought after. But if I had to pick some other possible names that they might consider, I wrote a piece on the hockey writers about possible options at six. I mentioned the 2D. I mentioned Gauthier. I mentioned Marco Casper. That's another center that they might take a look at. Um, Matthew Savoy is somebody, you know, if you believe that um, he's a little undersized, but the offensive um, play that he has is you, you can't dispute how electric that guy is. Just I think they have enough of that kind of player which makes me kind of lean towards some of the bigger guys in the draft, like the Connor Geekies of the world, who's already six foot four and has an element of skill to be able to go with that. But, and to me, one of the D or Cutter Godier, that's if they make that pick at six, that's where I think they go. As Mark mentioned, he did write a couple pieces related to the draft and leading up to it. I will link those with his, his Twitter in the description of the episode, if you're interested in reading that. So moving on from the draft stuff, Pat, looking past the draft, there were some obviously there's obviously some big moves people are waiting for on the Blue Jackets side of this offseason. One of them being signing Patrick Line. Mm. Yarmo stated that it's a work in progress, but he's confident they'll get the deal done. Where do you think that stands? Exactly as he said, it's status quo. And I know we talk on our show too, Union Junction, about that. We pretty much bring it up every week. And we agree that, you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. You know, it's negotiation. It's a player in line a who's a proven goal scorer that, th that they feel like that he's worth a certain amount. And then on the other side, the Blue Jackets feel like that he's worth a certain amount. And then usually you negotiate and you work your way towards some sort of an agreement on both the term and on the money. So the fact that it's not hostile, right? So the Blue Jackets want him. Line A seems to love it from all indications, everything he said in the media about Columbus. Um, there's nothing hostile there. So that it might take a while. I, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or even next week. This could go into August, into September, me, you know, getting kind of close to camp, but they have time. You know, he, he's a restricted free agent. You know, there are arbitration rights. It will be interesting to see if this does go down to the arbitration road. I personally don't think it will. Um, I don't the Blue Jackets really haven't done gone down that road all that often, in fact, hardly at all, even. Um, so I, I, I don't worry about that. And then, you know, just from there, They'll just, it's standard business practice just to find a, be able to write deal. And then 
you know, they'll, they'll come up with something, you know, I, I'm fully confident that Line A will have a Blue Jackets jersey on in time for training camp. Obviously, if something changes, we'll speak up. But as of right now, I don't see any evidence that we have to worry about him at this point. And Blue Jackets fans in the organization have to feel better about this than like the Panarin and Bobrovsky situation. Mm-hmm. You have a star player who is who likes the city and wants to stay. So that's obviously not a big hurdle to clear. More just terms and conditions of the contract is more of what we they need to iron out at this point. That's right. Yep. On top of line A, are there any other off-season moves you see the Blue Jackets making that they haven't already? I know they've they re-signed Boquist today, and they've re-signed a lot of other players. Are there any other moves you think they will try to make this off-season? Oh, I, absolutely. When when management at the end of the season says that we're going to address the defense, you take them at their word. You know, they were obviously not happy about the way last season went in terms of the number of goals against. So they're running back to goaltending already. We know Elvis Merzikens is going to be there. We know that Jonas Corposalo was signed for one year. He is in the mix. Daniel Tarasov has a new contract, will be the number one in Cleveland, and we'll probably see him in Columbus in the event of injury. So we know that the goaltending set, so that means that they have to do something on defense. And you saw the chicken, the Jacob Chicken rumors out there is kind of be resurfacing. To me, that at least says that they're looking to make some kind of a change on defense. They're looking for a potential top four guy that has size, speed, skill, kind of hard to find. Might have to give up some pieces to get something like that. Or are you looking free agency? And a, a guy that I'm intrigued by just because you know he can penalty kill, he's a right shot. You don't have to commit that long-term to him. You just want to see if he would be able to fit him and be a guy like Josh Manson, who just got done winning a cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, he, just, he just gives you that kind of missing element of, of size that they're lacking. You know, That was the directive of Boquist and Bean and you know, Blankenberg. Get stronger, boys. Go to the gym. You know, you just to be able to go through the NHL, you got to be able to get the strength necessary. And I think the Blue Jackets see that that's an opportunity. So I think in one way or another, whether it be trade, whether it be free agency, they're going to target at least one defenseman, maybe two if the right opportunity comes up. I'd also look for them looking for a power forward. They already made the trade um, to acquire Matthew Olivier from the Nashville Predators. That's a big gritty winger who can play physically. And you just wonder if they're looking for somebody else because they have a glut of wingers, a lot of scoring wingers, but you don't really have enough of that physical presence. They really, they haven't fully replaced the guys they lost, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, like Josh Anderson, Nick Foligno. They haven't replaced those guys in, in full. You have to have a certain element of sandpaper. So that's something definitely to watch. Do they bring in another guy to be able to bring in that size? And then goaltending depth, we already know kind of who the top three are but you still need organizational depth in the event something happens. So I wouldn't be surprised there. So all three areas have a question. I expect them to address each in one way or another. It's the only question really becomes by what method and how big do you go? Well, that is all I have for you, Mark. Thank you for joining me tonight. Um, Like I said, everyone, I will link his, um, his author page with the hockey writers. I will link their draft guide. And um, give their stuff a read. Um, the Blue Jackets team over there works really hard and has some really good stuff. I think you all will enjoy reading it. 
Uh, well, we really appreciate um, you having me on and, you know, taking the time and, you know, this great podcast. Always a pleasure to join you, Cody. Thank you very much, Mark. Yep. There you have it, folks. Um, Mark has spoken on what he sees the Blue Jackets doing this draft. The draft is to, well, this was recorded the day before, but if you, it's going to be out on Thursday, so tonight. Um, I will at least be tweeting updates on what the Blue Jackets do um, draft-wise. Um, I will see about finally getting the password for the Twitter from Tyler, and I may post on there too. So just keep your eye out on those. Thank you, everybody, for joining this episode of Sports Talk Pod. I'm sorry it was a little short. Mark was a bit on a bit of a time crunch. To be honest, I am a little bit too. We will be back soon with some content. It's probably going to slow down in the next few weeks because it's summertime and we really only have baseball. You can only talk about so much with that. But we have some fun things in the works for this podcast. If you guys have any suggestions, leave it. We're open to constructive criticism and anything you want to see, like some kind of sports-related trivia game, something like that. We'll try to incorporate it. But once again, thank you for joining the Sports Talk Pod. Steps back, looks downfield, lets it go, he's got a receiver, Devin Smith!